Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This month, somebody say this month. To Mengia New Samon series. We have literally called it Prayer Demystified. The reason I, I, I believe God put it in our heart to talk about prayer is because like some of us, I'm not going to say like all of us, because we see that. But in terms of prayer, I don't know. So speaking for me, speaking for myself, prayer has been almost a struggle every once in a while. You get to a place where you're like, do I even really need to pray? And so I, I sensed in my heart that God was almost taking me to the place of we need to get to remember what prayer is all about. And so we'll begin today with the sermon titled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. Next week we'll talk about the faith of prayer and talk about the fact that God can actually help us to have the faith in prayer. After that, we talk about the issue of praying without ceasing, praying all the time. And then finally, we'll finish with a very encouraging sermon that talks about God answers prayer. One of the things I've come to believe in my short life is that he answers prayer, even with Embakasi. I've been praying some prayers for Embakasi for a very long time. And I'm slowly starting to see them come, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Whom the God actually answers prayer, even for my family. There's a time I'd prayed when I was a single man. This is ages ago. I was in a relationship, you know those relationships that you know are just off. But I was like, ah, And in that relationship, I said, please. I, I, I'm looking for a beautiful woman with a beautiful heart. Praise the Lord. The rest is history. Medionaire. Hallelujah. God answers prayer. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5 to 15. Matthew, chapter 6, from verse 5 to 15. Allow me to read. And I'll be reading from the, New, uh, the King James Version, and you'll understand towards the end why. So bear with me. And when thou prayest, hey, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite, uh, hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. When you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in other cities in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are in your house today. Speak to us. Jehovah, you have given us a word for today. And so speak through me this morning to us. And we pray for your presence to overwhelm us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. By show of hands, how many consider themselves prayer warriors? Prayer warriors. Okay, okay. 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 How many consider themselves to be doing okay in prayer? Any ukomali, you're somewhere. But how many like me need to improve their prayer life? <laughs> I, I believe with all of my heart that I'm at a place that I need to improve my prayer life. I hope that does not discourage you to the point next week. But I when you mommy talk up at nine o'clock and say, mm -mm. But prayer is a place where I believe with all of my heart, most, if not all, struggle. Mm. Prayer is not as easy as it sounds. Well, let's pray. Hallelujah. Oh, Father in heaven, I will be the name, the kingdom come. Listen to some of the prayers by some children. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair. Dear God, if you let the dinosaur, if you let the dinosaur not extinct, you will not have a country. You did the right thing. <laughs> Dear God, I think about you sometimes, even when I'm not praying. How many can attest to that? Yeah, Dear God, if you watch in Sunday at church, I'll show you my new shoes. Hey. Hey. Dear God, my turtle died. Turtle, who see, who see? Is he lower class? Is he there with you? If so, she likes lettuce. Oh. My wife and I recently, not recently, Sana, redeemed the five love languages. You know the five love languages? How many know the languages? Uh -huh. Ghani? Words of affirmation. We know them. Quality time. Acts of service. Last one? Gifts. 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 Yes, we did that, and to my surprise, mine had changed a little bit. Mine used to be physical touch. Physical touch. But then I realized, as time has gone by, it has moved towards of affirmation and quality time. Hmm. And if you 
at a, at a place where you're doing it consistently, you realize it changes because of how your life is changing as well. Maybe what you are mekang, and for the men in the room, nekwango kango, praise the Lord. So you're like, hey, call it time. Niko pekeyango, man. For my life, it hasn't changed. It's always been, maybe I'm wrong, I hope I'm not wrong, acts of service. That's hers. Nile, if you give her some service, show her that, okay, you care about what she needs or wants at that specific time, then it does something to her heart. There's something about communication in the love languages that is so important for what we're going to talk about all the five love languages do for any relationship is it communicates that you care about the person it it shows it tells the other person eh, this person cares it is actually out of communication that people get together people fall in love people get to a place of understanding oh this person is like this. We get to hear people talk, and then you're like, oh, okay, so it's after communication, it's in communication. I love something that these guys wrote on the Five Languages website. It says, on the five, sorry, relationships grow better when we understand each other. Everyone gives and receives love differently. But with a little insight into these differences, we can be confidently equipped to communicate love well. This is true for all forms of relationship. For married or dating couples, for children and teenagers, for friends and co-workers, for long-distance relationships, for those brand new loves and for the romances, for the romances that are older than the hills. Communication is effective, is so important between human beings, between people, between companies. It is because of communication, by the way, that you find out that some companies fail. Of the top 10 reasons, big companies fail. Uta realize, <laughs> Uta realize communication is up there with the rest. You have a group of people, and how you talk to them either will make you succeed as a people or fail. Communication is key. A parent that cannot communicate to the teenagers. Hey, some of us, but in a skin. If you cannot communicate to your toddler, there is a problem. Even the toddler finds it so difficult to communicate to the parents. And especially even someone like Xander right now. There's some things he says you're like, you're like, as it goes, on there, communication. A kid, for example, you will realize you're communicating to them. Like the baby just born. You just realize, oh, this makes sense like this. Akiliaivi, I understand, this is what they mean. Communication is everything. It is a global thing now. No wonder, I heard someone say the other day, like social media is thriving just simply because of communication. If I need to know what's happening in my wife's life, Communication. It is so important. From the text you just read, we find the disciples having been with Jesus for some time. 
The book of Matthew chapter 6 comes after the Beatitudes. Thou shall do this, if you do this, this happens, if you do that, and blessed are they. He's telling the guys what happens when you do certain things or behave in a certain way. One of the things that shocked me about this portion of scripture, Christ talking about prayer, is Christ actually teaches about the Lord's prayer twice in scripture. Maka was like, woo, woo. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, immediately after the Beatitudes, he tells them about how to pray, what you just read. But in Luke chapter 11, he tells them again about the Lord's Prayer. If you understand the harmony of the Gospels, between Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, a lot has happened. The disciples are now starting to understand what this man is here for. He's begun his ministry. He's going around. He's healing the sick. He's raised, oh, oh, I don't know whether he's raised the dead yet, but he's doing crazy things in, in, in the gospel. They started to look at him and be like, Haya, wait, Kumbe is a person, Yani is more than what we think. Right before he tells them the second time about prayer, something interesting happens. These guys are already going out there, the 12. They are over there trying to find uh, whether they can pray for people and they, are, they get well. And one instance happens in Luke chapter 9. This is after Matthew 6. Christ has said, hey guys, this is how to pray. But in, Mark, in Luke chapter 9, a guy comes to Jesus and tells him, hey, boss, my kid is not, is not well. My kid has a spirit that overwhelms him. I don't know if remember the story. And your disciples have prayed for this kid of mine, but nothing has happened. And Jesus gets annoyed. He's like, no, you guys, where is your faith, man? Where is your faith? He prays for the kid at. And a few chapters later, they see Jesus praying at a place. And I can imagine, imagine that scenario. You've prayed for someone, they're not well, or not, they've not been healed. And then this person or people around them go to this other person who prays for them and they get well. Normally someone is like, Kwani, is it that mean your prayers was a fiki? Am I in sin? Am I not saved enough? So the disciples are looking at Jesus praying in Luke 11 and they're like, ah, this guy, he has to tell us what's And they go and ask him, hey, must they teach us to pray? Because in Matthew 6, there is no mention of the disciples going, Lord, teach us to pray. Is Jesus just going straight into, this is how you pray. Luke 11, they actually ask Jesus, Maze, teach us to pray. They are actually admitting to a fact that there is some kind of way this human being is praying that is not like the rest of us. And so our someone today. Lord, Maze, teach us to pray. You know the feeling when you're praying for a situation and it's not changing? Ama, you're not just seeing results. And it's not to say that everything you pray for must come to be. But you know what I mean? That healing, for example, that you've been praying for for how long? That change of situation, even at your workplace, whatever it is, that is not changing. The relationship. I remember, man, I prayed for a chick for almost two years. 
I was there going, okay, Jehovah, I need to get rid of this one and I need to get the, the lady you promised me. Simone, Nambalia, who you know, who you know, who you know. And it was only later in marriage, I didn't even realize. Later in marriage, it's only when a friend of my wife put, there's a line she just wrote. I was like, hey, yeah, I prayed this prayer. You know that feeling? My prayer today, Manze, as this someone continues, is that we get to the place of understanding how the Lord wants us to pray. Not that we don't know, but I hope it's a reminder to your spirit, if you've so, if you've so received Jesus, that God wants to teach us how to pray well. Our relationships today are defined in how we communicate. And I believe we've taught ourselves through our lives on how we should do it. You know the way as a kid or a baby just born, the only form of communication you have is tears, the cry, the scream, the yell. Kids learn communication that way. As a young kid who now starts or begins to talk, they actually realize that communication happens better when there's a reward. You know the way they do? If you do well, I'll give you a sweet. Now, as a disclaimer, my kids don't take sweets. So, you a pair of sweets. Kids learn. When they start communicating, when they start talking, they learn through reward. If I do good, things are okay. When we get to the place of now, we've moved out of our homes, we start learning communication through hard work. This is what I mean. When you move out of the house, you probably move it to your place. So you learn that work hard pays, and it's ingrained in us. No wonder guys who don't work, you look at them like, dude, what are you doing with your life? And then once the money starts making sense to us, hey, now we realize money can communicate. Let me give an example. The time in Meshikwa, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a time I was speeding. I have an issue with speed. We're in the month of prayer. Praise the Lord. Yes. And so this guy catches me, and immediately I'm like, you know what? I don't have time. I have a thousand shillings. And so I ask him both, me have a kid. And he's like, no, that kid will not work. I was like, sir, money begins to make communication for us very simple. Very simple. And I believe that some of us are there. This then means that in most of our lives and in the relationships we've had in them, we've learned a, a transactional way of doing things. A baby has learned to cry in order to get. A kid has learned to be only good, to be best, to perform well in order to get. A young man or woman has learned to work hard in order to get. And a money individual, an affluent, an affluent individual has learned that money answers for everything. Makes sense. No need to communicate. As in even us guys, when we have the, the cash, you don't even look for dating. What's, what's the point? Not dating. You have the house, you have the car, you have the money. 
Whether come or you don't. It's a sad state of affairs. The problem with all of this, that it has taught all of us, I dare say, that any form of relationship must work in any of these ways, somewhere in our minds. And thus, when prayer is introduced to us at some point in our lives, in as much as we understand it's not a worldly thing, we still apply these same life lessons we have learned. We quickly assume that when we cry or get emotional in prayer, it must work out. Because it used to work out. And it works out for kids. So being that he's God, I'm a child, that is how we communicate. It's not to say that we're not supposed to get emotional in prayer. I do get emotional in prayer. When we are good or perform well in life, prayer must work out. If I'm paying my tithes and offerings, I'm giving to the community, I'm the best person in my workplace, prayer must work. When we work hard in prayer for hours on end, use many words, scream and shout, come in up and scream and shout, hallelujah. Prayer must work out. We assume that it must work out. When we do nothing in life, especially for those that were born with a silver spoon, she mentioned my brothers out of, out of this country. I'm not going to mention her. Amen. Prayer must work out. Because I've gotten to a place, there's a time in my life where my dad was in a very good place. Very nice. Anything we needed in the home. And I remember that season, if you asked me about prayer, I would be like, God must be the same. Me, I ask, he gives. But there are some of us that when we can make things work out for ourselves, prayer is not important. We don't need it. If I can go to work, if I can apply for a job and get it, what is prayer for them? If I can go get a dude, we sleep, have a baby, why, why am I praying for a baby? If I can go to the government, get a certificate, get married, and go find a home and live there, why should I pray? And so that informs us as we continue in this life of ours. But to understand this thing called prayer, we must go back to the beginning. We have to. Because one of the things that I struggled with even as a young man in prayer, I used to, I'm a guy for origins. I must find out, like, where, where, where is this thing from? And I used to wonder, how did prayer ever come about? Was it there when Adam was created? Did Adam go and say, oh dear God, thank you for today? Or was it introduced after? And so we, when you go back to Adam, we realize something happened. When Adam sinned, something happened. Because remember, when Adam was created, he spoke with God as if he was just there at any time of the day. In the cool of the Garden of Eden, God was there. And so Adam would wake up and just go and be with God. But when he sinned, and he was removed from the garden, and then sin was introduced to humanity, I believe something there brought about the issue of prayer. This is what I mean. When Christ now came to die for us, and then the new man comes into us, I believe that for this new man to communicate to God, prayer was introduced. 
And so it is introduced to us in a, in a form of to get back to the Garden of Eden experience, we have to talk to him, but through the inner man. So we get prayer. So my question to us today is, are you talking to him? The reason he saved us, the reason he put the new man inside of us, it's not just for us to enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Are you talking to him? Are you connecting to him? Prayer then is the manifestation of a humble heart, a limited man, sinful man, calling out on a limited God or a holy God. I've always defined prayer simply as communication with God. It's a time you get to talk to him, to just open up your heart, and to do it with no shame, with no hindrance at all. Just talking to him. This then means that for all of us to learn prayer well, he must be, this is the key word, he must be the one to teach us. We can't learn through life and life situations of how we've grown up with our parents and learning those special elements of being a child, being a young man, being this, and assuming prayer with God works the same. Unless your parents were holier or holy, I think we, are, we have very skewed spaces of learning about prayer. And so he teaches us in his book, Matthew, we just read, on how to do it. And let me give a disclaimer. When Jesus says this is how we are to pray, it does not mean that's exactly how you're supposed to pray. You're supposed to use those words every time and no other words of yourself. He gives ways of prayer. One of the things that really disappointed me once is I mentioned to a group, you know the way you're sitting with your boys, you're hanging out, or with the this is actually a group that I was doing. I wouldn't mention I wouldn't mention the group exactly because what I do. You are to do. And so I, I mentioned something like, hey um, guys, and I say you use it too. Guys, you know. I actually believe you can pray with the mouth closed. You have to open your mouth. They assume screaming is talking to God. You can actually pray with the mouth closed. Have you not ever just even been and deep down you're like Aki, king of kings, get me out of here. Aki. Then their phone just miraculously rings and your story may Prayer happens, guys, in ways sometimes you don't even assume it happens. The Lord's prayer begins like this Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come. Jesus is teaching them and us that we have to honor God first above everything. When we get to the place of prayer, God is teaching us. That he has to be number one. And that's difficult. Kama kuna kitungumu. Can you imagine that you are at a place where you need healing? You need healing. Naisi semi Nati, the first thing God is telling you is you have to honor me first. One of the most difficult things to do in this world is to say thank you when you're in pain. I thank you, Jehovah. 
And Father, I give you glory. I remember when my heart was broken in a place I was serving. You hey boss, bye. Nati ni toke hapo. Then I go and say, Jehovah, you are a good God. Kianani, you are? Say a good God how? But that's the command. One of the best ways of getting through situations is honoring God in the situation. And saying, Jehovah, you are God. That is what Christ was saying. When you apply for a job and are called for an interview, you normally research it to the company, ask your friends about it, then if things go well, get to even sign the contract in, uh, the contract in agreement. When you meet someone you like, you take time to honor them by spending time with them, hanging out, talking. This is what Jesus is teaching. The same way, if someone calls you and says, look, there's this deal that I have for you. One of the things sometimes that we do is find time to research about that deal, that company, that person. I'm sure some of us, even before you came to Makasi, you saw something. You're like, hmm, okay, hmm, okay. That is what God is asking us to do. He's saying, guys, imagine take time to think about it. Take time, whether you're in pain, whether you're in joy. Before you pray, take your time. Heavenly Father, we give you the glory. And just say, imagine, Sir, I'm in pain, but you are Jehovah. The life I have, you gave. That is what Jesus was saying. We have to fast before anything in the place of prayer to honor God. Have we signed his contract? That's what he's asking. Because are we just talking to him, but we don't even know much about him. We don't research him in the scriptures. He's given us his word for us to know him. We have to get to that place. That is what Christ is teaching us. Are we spending time with him? Ama is just a transactional thing we are doing. Ah, Jehovah, next week, Maze, this must happen. So, go ahead, go ahead. You're the God of tomorrow. Go ahead. God... He's never happy. Have you ever sat with someone and you just know this is a transaction of it? I mean, then no you know, and he just came and I to just look for money. Bye. I sat down with um, a guy once who I was talking to about Emba. And I remember I did such a big mistake. Hey, how are you doing? So the reason I'm here, he cannot his head in the he just shut down. Because you know, that's all you think about 24-7. When you're going through a situation, you know how you feel about it. People don't, you, you do. And so any opportunity to talk about it, and I left there, I just remembered, oh my goodness. Jo- guys, that is what God is asking us to do. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Our things are okay. Let's rejoice over the Lord. Take again, one of the best things to do when you're facing difficult situations in life. Is just even don't even pray about it. Just say Jehovah. Imagine through this, you're still God. Whatever you are doing in this season, you are Jehovah. Then he goes to Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Once we've honored God in our lives and with our 
with their lives. In our lives and with our lives, Jesus then instructs us to find and do and be in the will of God. Ooh, and there's nothing as difficult as that. What is the will of God for and over your life? Do you know it? Because if you're not honoring God, it's going to be a difficult ride now. It's very difficult. Are you living in his will for you? And here's the thing, here's the disclaimer. You know the will of God, when I used to be told about the will of God, I used to assume, I don't know about you, that while I was to a church, those guys in the pulpit, hey, those are in the will of God. The rest of us, you know, that's a life of the devil. God created the universe. Remember that. He did, not, he did not just create the temple. And so wherever he has placed you, business, school, marriage, are you in his will? Are you doing his will? Are you honoring him? Are you asking for direction? One of the things I've learned in life and ministry is the will of God is simply doing what God places in front of you to do. For example, let me give you an example of a child. When a child wakes up in the morning, they're probably woken up out of screaming. So the first thing you do is attend to the scream. And you, you sang up, what is it? Temperature. Hopefully, if it's after a while, you know, ah, in diaper. So you attend to the diaper. That is the will of God. The will of God works the same. If you wake up in the morning and you know, for example, that your kids need to eat, attending to that is the will of God. Are you going to leave them hungry or am I going to feed them? After that, you have a job to go to. Are you going to be on time or are you going to be late? That's the will of God for your life. When you get to the workplace, are you performing? Am I you sluggy? That is God's will. And it is continuous, evil, until a point where now it is time to rest. Are you resting? How many your time here? Yeah. Manchester versus Liverpool. Yeah, man. I can't miss event up work. Are you the will of God? The will of God is not complicated, guys. It is never complicated. And it is this magical thing that must come from the mountains. Akirani Fred is supposed to go and conquer Indonesia. The will of God is right where you are, up. And it is as simple as just doing effectively, am I efficiently, what is placed in front of you. Obviously in his will. Not outside, in his will. <sighs> are you pleasing him right where you are? Then he says, give us day by day our daily bread. Hey, Jesus dives into the provision debate. Here, he's teaching the disciples and us not only to depend on God, for all our provision, but to be content with the daily portions. One of the things that is never taught, even in the house of God today, is that you must be content with what God allows for you today. Eee, that is a tough one. Even for me, I was 
Maze kariyangu taewe ni kai naisha. What you mean you could be content? What do you mean? I need a big house. Okay, I'm not going to point any fingers. One of my brothers here has a beautiful house. My no fingers pointing. Thank you, Jesus. Are we content with what God has allowed for today? Give us day by day our not weekly bread, not monthly bread, daily bread. Are we content? Eh, na yini ngumu. Kwanza with the fullies around. Tala, Jehovah. Okash, Opes, jeez. He's reminding us of the manna that was given to the Israelites in the desert. And that was daily. And it was to be enough. One of the things he gave in the book of Exodus. And remember the Israelites, guys, when you go out to pick manna, pick a daily portion, not a double day portion, daily. Pick one. What a kajifanyama mahasa. Yeah, daily portion, huh? These guys don't know what they're talking about. We not chukua for the week. You don't know that tomorrow it will be there. Huh? Only jipata they don't know. In the morning, iliko imerot yote. Guys, are we content with what God has allowed in the daily portions? Apo. Apo tukonakazi. Jesus is reminding us that God gives enough. God gives enough portions each day. So we have to be content. As a single person, are you content? And you buy to go a few, so one of the things I loved about one of the podcasts we did the other day is someone just said we have to be content with our social status at any one time. Whether it is singlehood, marriage, well, that, that space you're in. For now, does not mean you will not ask God for more. He's the God of the universe. Man, they told us you can ask for the cattle in a thousand years. He owns it. But are we content with the daily bread? Jesus was saying, Give us this day. When you pray, pray like this, give us today our daily bread. You know, even the, the system that we are in works different. We are paid per month. Sindia? Back in the day, guys, go some hundreds of years back, guys were paid per day. There's places where they still do that. But the system in foundation not to walk in the ways that God desires for us. There's nothing wrong with the system, but we have to walk in what God is saying. So because you're paid per month, you can live in a summer Hey, Jehovah, Mazebanah, it's not December, Mazebanah. No, no, November, Kofiti. God is like, I bless you with daily portions. Guys, let's go back. Then he says, forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Forgive us. Last week, you had the sermon on forgiveness. God will not forgive you if you do not forgive he can't. He's strongly teaching on the aspect of forgiveness. He's warning that it must be there actively, actively happening for us to receive it from God. Forgiveness must be a grace that we have towards ourselves and to others. We must forgive. 
And it's, eh, forgiveness is not easy, guys. Forgiveness is difficult. But it must be given. Must choose to forgive, no matter what. That's a hard one. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus is teaching us that the power of all things belongs to God. We must then start to act as though that is the truth. Have you ever heard this statement? Shetani Ashimbe. Shetani Ashimbe. The devil is a lie. We defeat the devil. Christ defeated the devil ages ago. See, <laughs> The power of the cross means for us that he is under our feet. So our job is to now walk, walk the cross. It is okay if we say we are to remind ourselves, but we must walk the cross. Jesus said, you now have power over all principalities, all of them. We have power. Jesus is reminding us to ask the Lord to lead us, not in temptation. One of the things I've realized about this portion of scripture is the Lord may not lead necessarily in temptation, but he may allow trials to come in. Remember Job? And I know for you, the trials you faced, even myself, that you're like, eh, in your training. The trials are not, are not meant to make us collapse or to die or to get to a place of wondering oh, what is this God all about? They are to strengthen us in the Lord. The Bible tells us that he began a good work in us. Sometimes the work may come in forms of a trial that when we persevere, the Bible says, we come out shining like the stars of heaven. May we start walking as though the victory Christ gave us on the cross is the truth of God. It must inform all our statements and conversations. Finally, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Forever. Jesus was teaching the disciples that all of the world all of the power and all of the glory and honor is God's. We must then make sure we accept that and ingrained in our lives. This must inform all of our prayers and in turn must inform all of our being. God is still in charge. Heaven is still under his power. The earth is still the Lord's. The devil might be reigning, but it is still God's. We should not forget that. The glory still belongs to God. The question we must then ask ourselves is that are our prayers following the teaching and guidance of Jesus? Are they following? Is, it, is your prayer following his teachings and his guidance? Is my prayer following the guidance of the Lord? That is the question. Does my prayer honor God above everything? Does my prayer acknowledge the will of God in my life? Or is it at least directing me to his will? 
Is my prayer filled with forgiveness? Ama ni mtu Jehovah, umeona vinyumza mimi. You've seen how he's kill him. Ama ama mimi peke yangu ni ogu praise or You've seen the yumza mimi nikata kwa hiyo barabara. Go Jehovah. Means tire burst over at the corner bar. And then it something happens to them. No no Peter ni kama this is the Lord's doing. Are our prayers filled with escape from the evils we face today? God has told you imagine forget about that that space forget that one that one there is danger there but you're like Jehovah Jehovah this is a perfect opportunity this is a this is something amazing for me please let it happen and you can sense in your spirit ah, are our prayers acknowledging the sovereignty of God his power and glory guys as we leave the house of God in a few today my prayer is that we begin to understand that there's a way that the world has taught us even in how to pray and it is affecting the effectiveness of our prayer but that if we go back to how he taught us how he has directed us to do it ah mazuri be fine you will not be worried for example if you're praying and you're waiting or if you're praying and seeing nothing happening because maybe the nothing happening is God telling me imagine that's not my will for you because one of the things you must believe about prayer is that prayer is a place where God also uses to teach us his will we understand him better the more we talk to him the same way the more i spend time with my wife the more i'm like hmm what am i like we are coffee. Let's get to that space. This month I urge you to get back into this discipline of prayer. Find time, make time. Make time. It's about making time. A couple of you talking about uh, talking to yesterday the podcast told us um for stuff to work you must be intentional. For prayer to work in your life, make it intentional. Jot down. Sema, hey, imagine, this time is for prayer. I will make, I will purpose to make sure that I pray. Siku tu is Peter, then you're like, ooh. We are intentional about everything else. We are intentional about showering. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are intentional about our friends. We are intentional about our work. We know the profits we are making. The law says that we may we are so intentional about everything else. Maybe intentional about prayer. Amen. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road. <laughs>